This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Thank you so much for, uh, for being here, whether you're here uh, in person, whether you're watching online. Again, welcome everybody at Rolling Hills this morning out there with Charles McGee. Um, I know that, I believe Letitia brought a friend from Rolling Hills, Miss Amanda. Glad to have her this morning. And so, guys, always a, always a privilege. Everybody over the Rolling Hills is family to us. But, uh, but guys, uh, as, as Pastor Shauna mentioned, we, we gather together in community groups throughout the week all over the area. Uh, but we love Sundays when our community groups come together to worship here corporately. And, and again, those online, guys, we have more people online than we have had in a long time. Between Facebook and YouTube, man, we got a huge crowd. So thank you guys for, uh, for being a part wherever you may be this morning. Um, guys, what is the vision of Harvest? You're part of the Harvest family. What is our vision? To make, grow, and equip followers of Jesus to fulfill their God-given purpose in life. And we do that through community, discipleship, and outreach. That's amazing. You guys have finally got it down after two years. I didn't send it to Miss Kim this time, so it wasn't up on the screen. So after two years, awesome. Community, discipleship, and outreach. Speaking of outreach, here we go, guys. So over the last few months, we've had quite a few people um, since uh, starting in May that have headed overseas uh, to serve on the mission field. And five of those are here with us today. And, uh, and so we've got, um, I'm, I'm going to have them come up in just a moment. But those five went on short-term trips. And then, of course, we have two uh, that are over right now for, uh, for advanced missions training over in Zambia. And, uh, and then Sean and I, uh, two weeks ago, Thursday, we, we got back with our two girls, Lauren and uh, Madison. We got back from Africa as well. And all of this was with our friends at Overland Missions. How many of you love Overland Missions? Guys, it's a church, a ministry that we support as a church family. We have for many, many years, literally decades. And uh, they are going into the world to places where nobody else has ever gone and nobody else will go. They're going. <laughs> this is going to be a hard message. Because <laughs> people are worth it. So, Overland Missions, I want to talk about for just a minute. Who is Overland Missions? Well, you guys, back in March, we had the, the founders and presidents, Phil and Sharon Smithhurst, in here. How many of you remember Phil and Sharon? And they were in here and, and, uh, and spoke to us. Phil is, um, Phil is one, of our, one of our overseers here at Harvest. And, um, and along with that... Um, uh, we, we actually met them through Dr. Leon. Pastor Sean mentioned a few minutes ago that Dr. Leon will be here in a couple of weeks. He also is one of our overseers, and um, he actually really led Phil to the Lord when he was a kid. Uh, Phil had this vision of, of beginning this, this worldwide missions organization that would go, any, would go anywhere to reach people, would go to any lengths, and, uh, and that's, what, that's what they did. And it's incredible what the Lord has accomplished uh, through them. Um, Overland has over 300 missionaries uh, that they have sent out and that they oversee all over the world. And uh, they are in growing at an incredible, incredible rate that can only be God. Um, in this past week, um, as I mentioned just a moment ago, we have uh, our son Aaron and as well as Emily Knapp that um, actually uh, are about to complete their advanced missions training. And I will be the first to tell you today that they've both been offered staff positions with Overland Missions. So as a church, we have supported Overland for many years, and how many of you know we will continue to support these harvest-grown, homegrown missionaries for many, many years to come, those who have been raised up right out of this family. And so with that, um, I'm going um, to have these folks come up, and I'm going to have them come up. I'm going to have them share in the order they actually went on trips. I'm going to have Madison Thomas, uh, Titus Montgomery, Alex Branch, Lauren Thomas, and Mike Reed. I'm going to have them come up and take seats up here, and obviously Shauna as well. Oh, there she is. She went the other way. Come up and, um, and uh, I'm going to, what I'm going to do is um, I have told them they can select 10 pictures each that will loop in the background and they each have five minutes to share for just a few minutes the highlight of their trip. So I'm going to ask you guys when you start, you're going to use that mic, I guess. Madison's already got it. Uh, tell us who you are. Tell us where you went. And, um, and then just uh, tell us what the Lord did. So first and foremost, um, Madison Thomas. Y'all yeah. give her a hand. Do I need or, to stand? Yeah, come on up. <laughs> She's like, I got to come up. I'm not usually the Thomas on stage talking. Here, I'll just come over to the side here. Um, 
Wow, okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I went to Africa. Me and Titus were on the same expedition. Um, we went to Zambia, a village called Munilunga. How do you say it? <laughs> to get there, it took four planes and one seven-hour bus ride. It wasn't pavement, so you can imagine. Um, I'll show you videos later if you want to know. Um, so some of our like stats were we reached 1,920 people. We had 560 salvations, Ooh. 150 healings, 38 deliverances, and 199 baptisms of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Pretty crazy. <laughs> So we went to this village, and we, we camped in the middle of the village. So that, that literally means we camped, right? We peed in holes. Um, <laughs> we bathed out of buckets. I have a picture somewhere. That's, that was our showers. Yay. Very fun. Um, so <laughs> day to day, we did a lot of different things. We had our house-to-house -house ministry where um, you basically go to the houses in the village that we're staying, and you like, yo, you know Jesus? He's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> so we had a lot of salvations that way of um, figuring out, you know, if people actually realize, like, what a real relationship with Jesus looks like. Um, so we shared the gospel that way. We had kids ministry where we had 150 to 200 kids who gave their life to Jesus. Um, and then, like, 100 of them also received the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Um, we also had um, night meetings. So you gather around a fire, start singing songs, and that's how you get people to come. Um, I have a video of that. It's pretty, it's my favorite, honestly. So that's how you would draw people in. Yeah, it started with like there was 10 of us. We started singing songs. You get the kids to come in and then it grew to like several hundred people. Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> um, and so you'd gather around a campfire, just worship and then, you know, have the word and just like, you know, do, do what we do. <laughs> um, one of the really cool moments was we had a family come to our camp and um, they had a family in the sun. He could not walk or speak. He was epileptic. And um, after speaking with them, the dad had been practicing witchcraft for 10 years, right? And um, their son hadn't been able to walk or speak for nine years. So after that, it kind of, you know, took its toll. Um, so after speaking with them, they accepted Jesus as their savior and they denounced witchcraft. They went back to their home. They, this kid slept for two days and then the dad came to us while we were playing a soccer game against the Zambians. We lost. Um, <laughs> and um, he came to us. He walked like four hours to get here. We had to drive him back to his home, and it was like over a 30-minute drive. It, yeah, and he told us that his son had walked and spoken, and he'd been like walking for a while, like 30-minute increments. And like he hadn't walked in seven years. Nine years? Nine years. Yeah. Um. That's all I really have to say. I'm sure he'll talk longer. Um. <laughs> all right. Okay. Yeah, so they told us we have a five-minute timer, and I just started mine because I might go over, but I don't I'm going to start one, too, to make sure. <laughs> I've got one number three over um, here. So, <laughs> yeah, I went on the same trip as Madison. Um, I actually showered. I don't have a picture of it, but I showered. Uh, we called it. The secret place. It was like a little stream. I'd go out there at 6.30 in the morning. The water's like freezing cold. And you can see it's steaming off of my body because how cold it was. But um, very fun times getting up that early and doing that. But I kind of wanted to just talk about like, for me, the trip was just like, I know y'all are going to be like, God's so natural out there and everything happens so much. But it's not because God's different over there. It's not because, I mean, we all have the same spirit. We all walk in the same, you know, we have the same spirit. I have Jesus, you have Jesus. Nobody has more of Jesus. We're given the same spirit and working that. Um, but it was just like the expectation there was different. Everybody had, all the people we went to, when we went and ministered and talked to them and, you know, we led them through salvation. They accepted Jesus and they'd come to us with their their, their healings that they needed or their kids would struggle with nightmares or sicknesses. It, it would happen immediately. I'm pretty sure everybody who I like prayed for, almost every one of them got healed. 
I saw nerve endings were connected. Like this one lady came up to me and she couldn't, she couldn't move her hand. And after I prayed for her, she was going crazy, moving that hand back and forth. And I was just like, our God is so good. And it was just me realizing like, it's nothing that me, Titus Montgomery does. I would just get up and devote that day and what I do for the Lord. It was me constantly denying myself and looking to God and just being like, God, I'm just here as your vessel and I can't, I can't do anything for you. Um, and God would just move, move mountains. And it was, it was so awesome. And that can happen here too. Um, but one of the stories I want to share, so we actually got to do, it's in one of these pictures. I, it's like me in front of this big crowd with a guy standing beside me preaching to these people. But it was on a Sunday morning. Um, we split up in groups. We normally split up as teams. And this uh, Sunday we went and um, we, they had church outside for us. And so there's like 150, 200 people there. And 10 minutes before, um, you know, the service started, uh, the people came up. And Sahara and Electa were actually with me. And they're like, hey, they want uh, one of us to preach. And so they looked at me and they're like, well, Titus, is, you know, you could do this, right? And I was like, sure, you know, I, I can. But um, I had like five to ten minutes to throw something together. But I remembered that it wasn't me who had anything to do with it. It was all God. And God threw together this whole like sermon and it was awesome. And I'm telling you when I was like, all right, who wants, you know, raise your hand for the call to salvation. Who wants to accept the gift of Jesus? There's like over a hundred of hundred people raised their hands right in front of me. And I, my shock, I was like, oh, like that was how I responded. Cause I, I've never seen this many people raise their hand before for a salvation call. Maybe at like big stadium things or something, but this was different. I was just like, this is so awesome. And, um, and it, was, it was just like God showed me throughout that whole trip that the only person who limits God is, is, is ourselves. We're the only person who does that. And the hunger, the only thing that, you know, our hunger for God is only held by yourself. Nobody else has that decision. Um, and this verse that God gave me, I'm just, I might end on this. Um, I have, yeah, we're good. So it's Psalms 119 verse 129 to 131 says your laws are wonderful no wonder I obey them the teachings of your word gives light so even the simple can understand I pant with expectation longing for your commands and um, I have just written down the simplicity of our God helps us grow there is no religion there is no set equation but all there is is a relationship with the father so as you go like treat your it is a relationship. Treat how you grow with God as a relationship. He's your dad. Like, he's, he's also your friend. So don't look at him as some guy who I have to, all these set religions, but he is your friend. He wants to know you. Talk to him. Commune with him. And overall, uh, I thank you for everybody who, like, helped fundraise for the whole trip for me. Um, and I would recommend that everybody go on a mission trip once in their life because it is something that, you know, really needs to be seen. I think everybody needs to see. So who's next? Give me, hold on just a minute there. Uh, let him have the mic again for just a second. Um, uh, you, your time's up, but I'm going to give you a few more seconds. Um, tell us why you're in a dress in one of those pictures. Uh, <laughs> see, that's not... <laughs> That's a shatingay. So the whole week, so the girls have to wear shatingays because, um, you know, it's the culture over there. They don't, yeah. Um, and I was like, it can't be that bad. And so that's me in a shatingay. I went on a walk with it. Um, no. <laughs> it was easy. I was running around in it, and I was having, it was. They said, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. But it was so hot, and we were walking around in, like, tall grass in skirts that are, like, down to our feet. And we're like, okay, we're going to walk, and y'all are going to wear skirts. You don't need to have pants on underneath, too, because it sucks. <laughs> I, was, I was running around and jumping, though. It was easy, okay? So. <clears throat> All right. Um, yes, anyway. Alex, you're next. Good morning. I was actually able to go to Zambia too. Um, I don't remember the kingdom that we're in, but it was like two hours outside of Chipepo, which is a popular place in Zambia. 
Uh, for my trip, this was the first time we had went into this village as a uh, organization with Overland. Um, we were able to minister to 621 people. We had 302 people receive Jesus Woo. as Lord and Savior. 21 healings, and nine were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Woo. Yeah. I just want to thank everyone that prayed and supported us because you may not realize it, but you may not have been in Africa, but you were. Yeah. By being there for us and praying for us, you were just a part of the team as much yep. as the people over there. So thank you for that. Um, something I realized when I was over there is for my trip, it was really cool because God ministered to me just as much as I got to minister to others. He spoke so many different things to me and taught me so many different things that I needed to hear in those moments. Um, I do want to give out MVP award real quick. <laughs> it's going to sound kind of cheesy and churchy, but I want to recognize the Holy Spirit and his presence over there when we're in Africa. Because, you know, we may not realize that he's our helper. He's our comforter. He's a partner with us. And I realized everywhere I went over there, I prayed this prayer. I said, Lord, if you don't go with me, I don't want to go. And if you don't go with me, I can't go. Yeah. So please go <laughs> and help and lead. And he did because Jesus said two things really well. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And he, Jesus himself said, I can do nothing of myself. So the Holy Spirit just showed us things. When we were ministering house to house, there was a moment where we would just say something the other was thinking to say just because the Holy Spirit led us and got us every step of the way. There's a story I want to read quickly about something God did while I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. While on expedition today, the team landed upon a house that became a home full of faith and joy. There was an older lady who was by herself. But before we could even start conversing with her, two younger ladies selling fish were passing by, and one of them saw us and asked if we were able to pray for physical healing, and if so, how much should we charge? The team invited them to come and sit with us and talk with us and the elderly woman. We told them, no charge. <laughs> you know, the goodness of God is a free gift. Um, both the elderly woman and one of the fisherwomen shared that they were widows and familiar with witchcraft. After sharing the gospel, they both said that they were done putting their trust in witchcraft and wanted to put their trust in Jesus. They renounced the ties that were created with witchcraft and gave their life to Jesus Christ. Then we collectively prayed individually for both ladies. One was healed of chest and back pain that she was having one month out of every year. The elderly woman said her pain in her legs and back and head had subsided a bit and she wanted us to come back and lay hands on her. We shared that the same spirit that lives in us now lived in her, and that through Jesus Christ, she now had the authority to tell the pain to leave. Just before parting and before we finished, we were done. We were wrapped up. We were going on to the next house, but I felt like the Holy Spirit said, talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I asked my leader. We shared that with her, and it was really cool because we prayed for her, and she started praying in her native tongue. But soon, our ministry partner could no longer understand anything she was saying because she began speaking in tongues. And you can put that picture up with the lady in the green skirt. <laughs> that was her after we ministered to her. She was so full of joy. We were full of joy just to see uh, God just minister her in an amazing way. She was just encouraged. You, could, you can just see it on her face right now, just completely blessed by the Lord. Um, one other thing I want to mention is, can you put up that picture with the newspaper? There was a young lady that was a part of our team. Her name is Audrey, and I believe she's from West Virginia. They actually did a newspaper article from her local newspaper about her trip and the love of Jesus there. So I was a little discouraged towards the end of my trip. I was like, oh, it's coming to end. And God corrected me and said, no, it's not over. Because look at the testimonies we're sharing with you now. Look at the testimony from that newspaper. You know, God's keeping on ministering, and he keeps and continues to speak to each and every one of us through the testimony and through all that we got to encounter. That's all I have. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Hi. guys, welcome, uh, welcome Lauren up. She <laughs> shares from hers. 
Okay, so I went to, sorry, <laughs> um, I went to Brazil. Um, the culture is completely different than where they went in Africa. It's, um, there's a lot of um, abuse and alcoholism, and so the people are so welcoming, but they're very vague with what they'll let you in. And so um, the three places we went to in Brazil um, is actually where the sector team that stays there year-round um, visits weekly. And so we did a lot of discipleship which was a lot of fun. Um, and so um, our ministry stats were um, for ministry 341, um, 33 salvations, and a lot of discipleship. A lot of our conversations and stuff were just sitting with them and actually teaching them the Bible awesome. and equipping them. Like they'd be like, well, I deal with this. What do we do? And we'd be giving them scriptures and things to actually apply and use every day. So it was the other aspect of missions of getting to actually teach them and keep working it out with them. Um, which was a lot of fun. It took me four days <laughs> to get where I was going, two days on planes, <laughs> and <laughs> two days on a boat. Um, I saw pink dolphins, which was incredible. Um, and we did a lot of the same things they did. I'm going to share um, two quick stories, really quick stories. Um, the first one was children's ministry. Um, this little boy came up. So what we do is we come in a line, and we ask them, why are you in line? Because a lot of times they're just in line because everybody else is in line, right? And we were like, hey, why are you in line? And usually they would be like, because, like, I want Jesus to be my Lord. This little boy came up and had his own revelation and was like, I'm a child of God, and I want to be a child of God. And I was like, oh, my goodness. We didn't even talk about that. He had that own revelation, and he was eight, like that own revelation as an eight-year-old. And so that was incredible. Um, the other example I wanted to share was when we did house-to-house um, -house ministry. Um, one of my goals on that trip was to hear God's voice more clearly. And so this was super exciting because we went to this house. That's actually the picture. Um, we walked in, and these two sisters were taking care of their sick mom. And the sector team had actually been praying for her. So this mom had actually progressively been getting better. She couldn't walk. She was walking when we got there, um, but she still is really swollen in her feet. And so all the focus was on, on the mom, right? Because she's sick. And of course, the sisters, I'm like sitting there and I'm like, hey, can I pray for you guys? And they, they give the generic, very vague, like, oh, you can pray for our mom. You can pray for my son. And, and this lady on my trip, her name was Takala, came up to me. She said, she said you have something to say, <laughs> something more to say than just that. And I was like, no, I don't. And then the next thing I know, I was like, oh, I do. <laughs> I do have something to say. And so I started talking to our translator and asked him, can you explain to them that they ask them, like, if they're tired and they feel exhausted and, like, they're the only one serving their mom and they can't do it and that there's friction between her, the two sisters because they're constantly giving, right? And it's hard to constantly giving to someone. And, and Brazilians don't like help, right? And so I'm, he's translating this, and you can see on their faces all of a sudden they're like, how in the world does she know this? Um, and I asked them, I was like, are you sick of feeling that way? Because I've felt that way. And I gave my testimony of how I can run myself <laughs> so dry and forget to ask for help or seek the Lord and let him restore me. And they were like, that's what I want. And I said, okay, well, we're going to pray. And so in that picture, I prayed for both of them. And they put their hands out. And we just prayed for that restoration, for the desire to ask for help, even though that's not normal, um, for just strength and power to keep going and wisdom and to help them communicate together, the sisters. And it was just so beautiful. And then we actually, they asked me to write down scriptures for them to go to after that. Um, and then they brought their whole family to the night meeting that night, which was incredible. Um, and that's not normal, again, for Brazilians, because they're very much like, we'll invite you to come hang out, but stay out of our business, right? Um, and so it was just really encouraging and exciting to see. So that's what I have to say. Last but not least, the young one of the group. Yeah, Mike young, Reed, who, who I may, if I may mention, got back from Mozambique yesterday, right? Yeah, I actually got in town about 5 o'clock yesterday evening. Uh, guys, that's awesome. <laughs> Jet lag kicks your tail. And brother standing here, that, now y'all know I told him, I called him out on camera last week, right? I told him he better be here this morning, but I knew he was going to be anyway. So go Just, for it, Mike. Yes, sir. So how incredible is it? Uh, first of all, I, I'm, respond back to me with Bondea. So, bon dia? Yeah, it's a good day. I, st I still got my, still got my, uh, my 
Portuguese going on with me today. Um, yeah, how incredible is it? A, a week ago today, at this very same time, I'm, I'm texting Pastor Rob up here on the stage, and I'm 9,000 miles away on a beach having ministry at the time. So while God's 9,000 miles away, he is in your presence here today too. Okay, how incredible is that? So uh, let's start out why. Uh, Miss Kim, if you can put up the scripture. Um, Matthew, um, what is it? 28, 19, and 20 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have com committed to you, and surely I am with you always to the very end and to the end of age. Okay, Matthew 10, 8 says, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So just in those two scriptures alone, and my four brothers and sisters up here, and Pastor Rob and Pastor Sean are going to tell you in a few, few minutes, that's why we went. That's what Jesus asked us to do. And that's what we do. And that's what all of us do every day of our lives. A man died on the cross for me to ask very little of me. So like, like uh, you heard from these guys, 17 hours on a plane, nine hours in a car, two hours in a boat to get to the middle of the Indian Ocean on this little island known as the Island of Pigs that no ministry from English people, I guess we'll say, has ever stepped foot on this island. When I got there, they said the logistics are weak. We don't know if this is going to work or not. I'm like, okay, I'm a military guy. This doesn't sound good. But we went with it because what do military guys do? We have a backup plan. So there wasn't a backup plan. So we ended up hitting the, hitting the beach at low tide, which means we actually trucked in a half a mile to get to our, our beach camp. And that means carrying everything that you're going to do and use for a week on your back through the water, through the sand, to the camp. Hey, praise God. I'm with 14, 15, 16, 19, 22, 23-year-olds. I'm the old guy of the bunch. So, but we did it. We did it with a smile on our face. We did it happily. Not kind of like some of my military guys I used to have. So, but we did it. All of us, and I'm sure these guys experienced the same thing. First day out, deer in the headlight look. What do we expect? What are we going to do? What are we going to run into? And uh, so we sat down, and you let the, let the Overland Mission guys kind of take the lead. And they do. And then, uh, and then you kind of fill in the gaps. You're like, man, I got this. I can talk about this. Because it's a simple gospel story. That's, you make it. Sometimes we sit in church, and we think things are just so difficult. One, your testimony that you lived out. Or two, the simple gospel testimony of how we started out sinners and how we were freed and how they can get it too. That's all it was. And I'm like, I got this. So we went to the first house and uh, the lady there had a black bracelet on. One of the sector guys says, uh, Mama, can we talk about the bracelet? And so she kind of reluctantly talked about the bracelet and it was it's a witchcraft thing. All it is is a, is a O-ring from a, uh, a water canister that they slip across, around their wrist, claiming it's going to heal their body. And so uh, we talked the O-ring off her wrist. She had to get permission from her husband to take it off. He first did not give us permission, but she did. And then she started, we started finding out what was wrong in her body. She was born with some type of, uh, I'm not going to I shouldn't say leprosy, but some type of skin disease where her, 
her body looks like it's peeling, like my nose is. And, uh, but she's had it all of her life. And she also uh, could, had troubles moving her hands, her fingers, and her wrists and things like that. So Gabrielle, the local national, that's him kneeling there praying. Um, and he's my brother. <laughs> he is my brother. Uh, started praying for him. Now, I didn't ask permission, and I, didn't, and I kind of thought about it later, <laughs> but I started praying in the spirit over these people. And because, uh, you know, witchcraft and voodoo is very prevalent in these places. And uh, so I, I just, hey, this is me. This is the Holy Spirit. This is what we do. And uh, so Gabrielle calls me up. He says, Mike, I want you to pray for, pray, for, uh, pray for Mama. I said, okay. So I grabbed her hands. And uh, she's very cold. But those, her fingers were balled up like this. But I started, I, like I said, I grabbed them. And I started praying in the spirit. And those fingers just slowly opened up. And then she started clenching them back up. And the more she clenched, the louder I got and, and, <laughs> and the warmer her hands got. And, and she got real tight at one time. And uh, we finished the prayer. And one of the Overland's missions girls, Gabriella, uh, spoke over and said, and the skin's going to fall off of your, your body overnight, and you're going to be healed. We had beach devotion the next night. She was there. Her skin was 95% clear. Yeah, that's praise God. Um, she was clapping. She was dancing. She was smiling. She was having a good time. And... Uh, she came back again later, a couple, was the night that I was texting Pastor Rob. And uh, she was 100%, her skin was 100% clear. It, it, was, it was dark, it was shiny, there was no blotches. It was, it was it's a miracle. Yeah. Uh, so one last story that I'll share with you. Time is uh, like double up. So uh, oh, come on. make your story fast, bro. Yeah, 30 seconds, go. I can't. I can't tell this story. It's, it's all about witchcraft, and I can't tell it. I didn't want to interrupt the last one. So, yeah. Uh, so let me say this. Give me the 30 seconds. Back in May, when you guys helped out my uh, mission down to Honduras, I told you that you guys were raising up uh, disciples in this church. This is just a small example of it. Um, and you... I guess I'm proof you don't have to be young to do it, okay? It's, it's, and, I've, and I told the people on Overlands this, and I'll stick to it as long as Miss Barbara lets me out of the closet. I'll be back over there, and it's because that's where God wants me. But he also wants me here over in the clubhouse with them and there's a couple other places I know that he wants me to be so it's your relationship with our Lord that's going to lead you to wherever you're discipling that's right thank you sir all right will you guys give them a hand as they have a seat I was gonna I'm going to invite our girls to stay up here for just a minute as we, uh, as we kind of um, shared for just a minute. Yeah, however y'all want to do that. But, uh, but guys, we did, um, some of y'all, we, we did not tell you guys, church family, that we were headed to Africa as well. We had actually, three weeks before we left, it was just, I woke up one morning and felt like we kind of, like we ought to go. I looked over at Sean and said, you ready to go to Zambia? And, uh, and that's what we did. And uh, it was, uh, like I said, last minute thing. We, we went because um, I just wanted to go see our son over there. But also, um, it's their annual revival week. And they have, they have their missionaries from all over the world come in for this time for refreshing and encouraging. And, um, and Phil and Sharon have been trying to get us to come for a while. And Elect have been trying to get us to come and, and different things. And so we finally decided, let's go be a part of, of revival week over there for these meetings. Dr. Leon will be a part of and different ones. And... Um, and so, uh, so we told Phil and Sharon we were coming. He said, y'all be ready to minister and share. I was like, okay, we'll do that. And so, uh, and so we planned that trip. And, uh, 
and we headed over there, and we had, a, we had an awesome time. Um, I could just, I guess I'll just hit a few things real quick. If you guys have, you know, whatever you have to add, you can add here in just a moment. But uh, you can just hit th- that first picture real quick. We uh, kind of surprised our son. He figured out exactly what I thought he would. He, he saw on his phone that all of our locations had disappeared uh, for a couple of days. And, uh, and that was, uh, you guys didn't see us on that first Sunday because we left on Saturday. And we didn't arrive until Monday around lunchtime on base there in Zambia. And, um, and so uh, on Sunday night, he still wasn't able to reach us, and he ended up uh, logging onto the live stream at church and seeing that none of us were here. And so uh, he actually wrote us a letter that Saturday night, uh, that Sunday night, and uh, that he gave to us when we arrived, and it said, I think you guys are coming to see me. And, <laughs> uh, and I feel bad that I figured it out, but he wrote this thing, and it, it, was, it, it was sweet, though. Uh, so um, guys, we were part of Revival Week, you can hit that next little video, let it, let it run. If you've never experienced African worship, you are, you are missing out. It is one of the best things ever. These folks worship uh, with everything that they are, and you don't have any choice but to get up and dance. <laughs> um, more. Yeah. Next picture. Yeah. So I got to speak uh, to, the, um, to the missionaries that were there, the AMT students, and then there were some Zambians there as well. Next picture uh, had... Um, uh, Dr. Leon, before he left, he was there for a couple of days, and and uh, and then it was really cool because uh, they had this last-minute thing. We ended up being able to be a part of this um, tribal ceremony they do in Zambia once a year. It's a celebration of the harvest, and. Uh, and Overland has gotten involved, and it's amazing how over the years they've watched all the witchcraft begin to work its way out of these ceremonies, and they're becoming these Christian, these Christ-based ceremonies. And, um, and they helped get the current president of Zambia elected, if you guys remember what Phil was talking about back in March. But we were a part of this ceremony. It was televised all over the nation. We were VIP guests. Our three kids got to help serve the chiefs and, and everybody, uh, drinks and different things during this. And um, I, yeah, next picture. Or it's a video, actually. This is uh, Chief Makuni coming in. It was his sector. He was hosting this. All the chiefs from all over the nation came together. Overland was right in the middle of it all. Uh, Phil and Sharon have a great relationship with Chief Makuni. They had a great relationship when we were there with them last, back 12 years ago. Uh, but that's, that's his area. The next video right there um, I shot from my phone, that's, that's the president of the nation coming in. And uh, Phil was seated there with them and with him. He's a good Christian man. Uh, God put in the power. He is changing things in Zambia and uh, is making this Christ the center of, of everything. It's, it's, um, it's amazing what the Lord is doing in him and, and through him. And so uh, all the tribes, they would come together, they would do these things, opening ceremonies, different things, dances. And you can see them on my Facebook page. But uh, next one, next picture. Afterwards, after that was over, we had all the chiefs back to the overland base. And, and I, how many came? So 42. 42 chiefs came. This was a huge deal. If you remember all that Phil talked about, about how they're building the King's Center, and they're going to have this King's, the King of Kings event in Zambia in October, and they're inviting all expenses paid for every king and every tribal leader in Zambia to come to Lusaka during that weekend to celebrate the King of all kings. And they're all expenses paid, hotels, food, everything in this conference center to minister to the kings and the tribal leaders. And so this was when they got their official invitations, and you, you can't see, but Sean and I are actually were directly in the middle of the picture. You can see the back of Sean's head. But we were sitting there with some of the chiefs having, having tea and, and, uh, and, and desserts of some sort. Uh, I think there's one more picture of that, of Phil speaking to them uh, there. Yeah. Uh, so um, hit the next one. Oh, uh, Lauren got to lead worship one morning for the, uh, for the AMT class uh, before they got going. And then um, uh, it was just incredible time, incredible services. Like I say, it was a time of refreshing. You can hit the next little video. This was a night after the uh, tribal leaders left. And uh, we went till midnight just, just worshiping. And the uh, place was just packed, just packed full of people. I think there's one more picture. This was on Phil and Sharon's back porch. And uh, the, the leadership of Overland and a few other guests. And... Um, uh, Abel Masuku, I've, I'll talk back maybe about him in a second. He's the, the top Christian recording artist in Zambia. And I've been talking to him this week. He's going to be in the U.S. soon. So anyway, um, you can take those down now. But uh, anyway, uh, we could talk a lot about it. But Shauna, why don't you, whatever you got. Well, do y'all have anything first? No. Madison's a no. Lauren, you have anything? No? Okay. Okay. Well, y'all have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, I told Rob it would be hard for me to get up here because it, Loads of emotion. And I'm 
since we've been home, he's like, what is the emotion? You know, can you put it in words? And I think it's this. God did a lot of things in me while I was there individually. Some confirmations, some validations, some good jobs. But I think what I recognize, being in front of 220 missionaries that have given their life for the, to serve the Lord with everything that's within him, was a heart for God's people wherever I'm at. That emotion that I would feel would just overwhelm me. And I believe it's the emotion of God's love for every single person. Yep. And I hate that it had to take me going to Africa to get that stirred up again, but I'm grateful that I got to go to Africa to have that stirred up again. Because yep. it's easy in the United States. It's even easy as pastors. I mean, our job is to teach the word, and it's so easy to just do but not always to lean into the Spirit and be led by the Spirit all day and every day. It's easy to do it to get a message, or it's easy to do it for those routine things, but just how about the every single day when I'm walking at the grocery store in Aldi, or I'm at the gym and you know one of my lady friends has an ailment or something going on, to like be, okay, God, what do you have for that person and how can you use me? in this moment right now. Yep. And so I think that was probably just my biggest takeaway personally was just the reminder of that all people need God. Yep. All people need to experience his salvation, his healing, his Holy Spirit, his fill in the blank, freedom, like all these things that they talked about that they ministered, all people need that. And we as believers have the responsibility to be that and to minister that to all people in our sphere of influence. That's right. That's good. All right. Well, guys, I'm going to close out here in just a second, but I, I, I just want to say a couple things here for just a moment. Um, why are we spending so much time, money, and energy on missions? Because we're all about people. Because we're all about people. And uh, Mike read the Great Commission. I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. It says, and Jesus came close to them. Guys, this is last words. How many of you know last words are important? When somebody leans over to you and they whisper the last words, you want to listen up to that, don't you? He said, all authority of the universe has been given to me. Now you go in my authority and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I've commanded you. And never forget that I'm with you every day, even to the completion of this age. Guys, all the world, what does that mean? Does that mean that you're personally going to go to every place in the world? No, of course it doesn't. I believe that it means that we are to reach as far as we can possibly reach. We're to do as much as we can possibly do because this is why we're created. This is why we live. You may not be called to be a full-time missionary by vocation, but you are no less called to ministry in your world than the missionary on the other side of the world is. And you're not called for one second to take it any, as any less a job or a calling before God. It's just as important what God has called you to in the world where he's placed you. And I was just going to say a couple things. Guys, your responsibility to reach the lost starts in your sphere of influence where God has placed you. That's, that is your job. That's your primary responsibility. And, you know, your, your community, your workplace, your, that's your mission field. It's nobody else's job to be the hands and feet of Jesus in your sphere of influence, in your community than you. It's your job. Everybody say, it's my job. I love some of the churches I've seen that have signs over the doors as you exit that says, now entering the mission field. I was thinking about getting some of those made. Guys, this is just a hub where we come together to get encouraged and strengthened. And every time we go back out those doors, we're headed back into the mission field to be salt and light, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. If you're not reaching people for Jesus in this world, then you are missing the point of why God has you here. You're missing it. And you will never be satisfied. You will never be content until you're doing that because it's why you live. If he didn't have a purpose for you, he would have taken you straight to heaven the moment you said yes to Jesus. He'd been like, cool, we're done, come. Nope, he left us here because he's got a purpose and a plan, right? So your responsibility to reach the lost, which is your life mission, starts in your world. It starts right here, right now. And the second thing I was going to mention as I close is while reaching those around us, we reach beyond our personal sphere of influence. 
we reach out. How do you know the world has become a much smaller place? I've seen it in my lifetime. I mean, I remember back, I remember the very first time I went to Africa 20-some years ago and, and, and having to try to call Shauna Collect and being a long delay. Anybody ever experienced that before? It's like, hello? Hey. Yeah, it's this long delay because it's going overseas on these lines, right? Now it's, it's crazy. I mean, we, we talked to our son every couple of days. And, and you know, we, I, when we were just over there, we were able to use our phone just like normal FaceTime, no delay, nothing. It's crazy. It's crazy how the world has become such a smaller place than it ever was before. And guys, the, the world has changed. And now it's, it's really easy. Anybody can go on a short-term missions trip. You can go wherever the Lord is leading you. And, and by the way, I know I say this, but I believe every believer should go once in their life, at least one time. And I, you know, I, you can give a couple weeks of your time and see how the rest of the world lives and serve others and share the love of Jesus. See how God will use you. And, you know, I, I hear people say, well, brother, I'm not called to missions. I just don't know. I'll have to pray about that. You've got to pray about whether to go serve somebody. You don't got to pray about whether to go down to the beach for a week, right? But you've got to pray about whether you go and serve and be the hands and feet of Jesus for a week. Hmm, that's interesting, right? I, I don't think, now, if God gives you a check and says don't go, then don't go, right? But I, I found that that almost never happens. I don't think one day you're going to get to heaven and God's going to be like, I'm so disappointed that you went and dedicated those two weeks to missions. I didn't tell you to do that, you know. I don't think that's ever going to happen. On top of all that, guys, we need to pray for and we need to fund those who are called to different parts of the world that we will probably never go, that we'll probably never visit. How many of you know that every dollar that we give and donate represents a person? represents a soul. As you see, as you've heard, Overland Missions is, uh, they're going where nobody else will go, and they are winning people to the Lord by the hundreds. Everywhere they go. And they don't pack up and leave them high and dry after that. Matter of fact, um, they, put, they put people in place, they call sector managers, they put them in place to disciple new believers, and I, I, I I put down some of their stuff. To disciple new believers and identify potential indigenous leadership they can train up while identifying the physical needs and bringing humanitarian aid to that region. They, their goal is to plant people in every... These expeditions teams that go, generally, usually, there's already a sector leader that's been planted there by Overland that's already there ministering to the people, that's building relationships. And then they host in expedition teams on short-term trips to come in. And in the meantime, they're there and they're training up the local leaders and establishing the church in that region. They train up the indigenous leaders to reach surrounding villages and they aid with the support of expedition teams coming in. And then they place these equipped indigenous leaders uh, to lead their people into sustainability spiritually so they grow in God and physically. I wrote down the, um, let me look back here for just a second. Um, I was going to read Overland's mission real quick. Overland missions exist to take the gospel of Jesus to mo the most remote people in the most forgotten places on earth. We are pioneers. We fly, drive, boat, or walk to the furthest corners. <laughs> we are evangelists. We minister by personally sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and administering the power of the Holy Spirit through miracles, signs, and wonders. We are pastors. We are teachers. We disciple by instilling the power of the new creation life until the gospel has reached its full effect and a culture has been transformed. We are apostolic. We develop teams and indigenous leaders to create a sustainable, viral move of God in every culture. I want to be a part, but I want to see it happen here. I want to see them. Guys, I heard somebody say recently, and I, I, I don't know where it came from, so I can't, can't back it up until where the source is. But I, I was recently told that for the first time in history, the nations of the world are sending more missionaries to one other nation than ever before, and it's the United States of America. That today, more missionaries are being sent to the United States of America than any other nation on earth. That tells us where our society is today. For the first time, we're the culture that needs Jesus. <laughs> I, we've always needed Jesus. Don't get me wrong. I, but you know what I'm saying in this. We've got to support these folks. I'm going to support them all the way in the vision that God has given them, and you're going to hear more coming soon. Um, guys, as I said, um, our son will be back next Tuesday. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
<laughs> I'm excited about that. And you will get the chance to hear all about what the Lord is doing in him and, and through Overland Missions. The first week of November, um, we are going to have an expedition team come in here. We are bringing in eight to ten expedition leaders from Overland Missions. Here's my thought. If two expedition leaders coming in here in October of last year made this kind of impact, turned my personal, my son's life upside down, caused two people to sign up for advanced missions training, sent five people overseas, I want to bring in a whole team of them. I want to be around them. I want to rub shoulders. I want what they've got. I want you guys to have it as well. I'm not saying that you're called to missions. I'm saying I want their passion and I want their zeal and I want it to transform the culture of our church family. I want our culture to be for people. Guys, our son has got it such a degree. I told our leaders this last week. He and I, we we, we had gone into town and, and he and I were walking down the aisle of a grocery store and I hear a Zambian guy call his name, Aaron. And I turn around and this guy comes running up and gives Aaron this big hug. It's a guy who worked there. And the guy's saying, hey, how are you? He goes, man, he said, brother, since, since you prayed for my hip, it's so much better now. I'm sitting there going, who is he talking to? <laughs> and they're sitting there talking, and Aaron turns around and goes, oh, this is, this is my dad. And, and the guy t- shakes my hand and hugs me. And turns out they had met a month and a half earlier. And Aaron had prayed for him in the grocery store. And they'd given him his personal phone number, and they'd been exchanging messages for over a month. And Aaron was trying to get him planted in a church in the town there of, of Livingston. And I was like, what in the world has happened to our son? That should be our every day, guys. Every day of every one of our lives. It should be every day. Anyway, we're going to have eight to ten expedition leaders come in the first weekend of November. Mark it off your calendar. Be here, guys. I'm telling you. We will have a couple of people back that you know. Electa Williams will be here. Sahara Smethurst will be here. Aaron. And guys, I'm believing, I'm believing for great things. I've been talking to Abel Musuku, this recording artist. He led us in powerful worship. And he's trying to move things around so that he can possibly come in and lead worship for that event and bring a buddy in with him. And so uh, that's the first weekend in November. And it's going to be huge. We're looking at getting other churches involved. Uh, you'll see some of these folks are going to be speaking at community groups and to our young people. And, and uh, they're going to do a Saturday night service here. And I think in the Sunday morning service and Sunday night service. And uh, I, I, guys, it's going to be powerful. We're, we're in talks to, to uh, go out and do some evangelism and stuff and to come alongside them as they go out and evangelize in the community. And I, I think it's, it's going to be powerful. Why are we doing this? Because we need to stir up our passion for the lost. I'm not satisfied, guys. It's not good enough. <laughs> I, I'm so glad that we do reach out to others and that we love others and show the love of Jesus. But I won't be satisfied until I see people in here every Sunday giving their life to Jesus. So our only good news is consumed with people that have given their life to the Lord. We've got to stir it up. We've got to get our priorities in order. And nothing will do it more than spending a few days around people who have willingly laid down their lives for the sake of the gospel. For people. Our first priority, though, will always be reaching the lost in our community. Our priority will always be seeing the people in your workplace come to Jesus, the people in your family, the, your neighbors. That's always going to be first priority, and I'm praying about ways that we can be more effective in that. I want to see people coming to Jesus every week in our community groups. I want to see people coming to Jesus every week in our services. We will not stop, and we will not relent. It's all about people. Amen? While we do this, we're going to pray for and support those who are called vocationally to missions. And let me say this. Oh, oh, I forgot to mention. There's something Titus didn't say, too. There, there he is <laughs> as he looks the other way. Huh. Uh, you, some of you, if any of you follow Titus on Facebook, he has signed up for advanced missions training for May of next year. He is changing his major to nursing, right, which is very important on the mission field. And uh, and so uh, I will tell you guys this. As of today, um, when you give online, obviously we want you to give your tithes and offerings to the church and all that we're doing and supporting. We're still supporting Overland. But beginning today, when you go to give online, there's a new category. There is missions category. There's one for Aaron, 
who is going on staff with Overland. There's one for Emily Knapp, who's going on staff. There's one for Electa Williams. Guys, Electa has given a lot. She is responsible for much of what has happened here. Everybody who, almost everybody who went on trips, she was the key contact. And she, she answered almost every call, return calls. I mean, she's awesome. And so I put her in there because there's some of you I know that wanted to support her. And also you'll see in giving on the online, uh, in the online giving, you'll also see Titus's name on there today encourage you guys to give and support these and what God is doing in them and through them. Amen? It's 11.45, and I'm going to keep you a little longer. I want to show you one more thing. Um, I, Michael Turner sent me a text a couple days ago and uh, said awesome things are, uh, are happening in Ukraine. Going back to what you guys gave, you guys remember Pastor Andre? Well, Pastor Andre made a video. Um, Michael sent it to me, and I want to play that for you real quick. His update. While talking to a man from a village near the city of Kharkiv who buried his brother right in his garden, killed by a Russian mine, to relatives of a 17-year-old girl from the Kyiv region who was raped by Russian tank operators for a month, and to a woman from Mariupol who lived for 65 days in a damp basement with her 5-year-old child under Russian occupation, with thousands of people left homeless and unemployed because of the war. People whose souls are tormented by shelling, air raids, and the loss of loved ones, People with shaking hands who shudder at every loud noise. You understand that now is the time to preach the gospel. No one asks the question, what denomination are you from? What is the name of the church? They humbly pray, inviting Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. We thank God for the opportunity to bring his word to our people in this difficult time and are grateful for the support of Michael and Natasha Turner and the many generous partners of Red Ministries. With your help, we have distributed hundreds of tons of food, drinking water, medicine and 4,000 water purification filters to those in need. Vehicles have been purchased to deliver aid and to evacuate over 50,000 people from the occupied territories and hotspots. These refugees are now being provided with the necessities, shelter and food by our churches throughout Ukraine. Thank you very much, dear friends, and may God's word be true in your lives. He who is merciful to the poor gives to the Lord, and he will reward him for what he has done. Amen. And that's Pastor Andre, who you guys gave toward and got back over there when he was stranded and away from his family and everything else. And by the way, I don't know if I told you guys this, but he went back into Ukraine. He had to go back in. He couldn't stay outside in Poland. He, he had to go in no matter how dangerous it was. He, he knew there was people there that needed him. And so, uh, so that's where he is now. And God's using to make a difference. And you guys are a part of that. Amen? Y'all stand up on your feet. Guys, you're making a difference. And... It starts in your world. Let me say this as we get ready to leave. Just bow your heads for just a moment. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, you haven't bowed your heart and surrendered to him, you haven't asked him to forgive you of your sins, and you recognize he's not Lord of your life, if that's you, just, just lift your hand real quick. You recognize today that you need Jesus. Anybody in this place would say, I need Jesus today. Maybe you're watching online and, and you're in that place and you're recognizing that you're lost and alone without him. And I just encourage you to say yes to him today. Don't wait another moment. He laid down his life for you. You can lay down your life in return for him. And I promise you, it will be the most rewarding life that you have ever lived when you live it for him. If that's you and you need Jesus, I just encourage you to pray a prayer. You can pray with me or, or pray in your own words, but just pray something like this. Just say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I recognize I'm lost and alone without him. I recognize I'm dead in my sin. Today I repent. I turn from my sin. I lay it at your feet, Jesus. And I ask you to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. I believe that you're the Son of God and that you died on that cross for me. 
on the third day you were raised from the dead and now you are seated at the right hand of the Father and today I call you my King my Savior, my Lord I'll follow you all the days of my life Holy Spirit, fill me and empower me to do everything you've called me to do no turning back in Jesus' name If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.